0: Antichrists and how that was different from the end times Antichrist to really what an Antichrist really is. And it's a lot more broad, I think, than we sometimes think about it that way. You know, anybody who rejects Christ or preaches a different form of Christ is an Antichrist. So there are a lot of people out there that preach that. Either uh, Jesus uh, was just a really good prophet, but he wasn't deity. Well, they're an antichrist for preaching that. So, you know, there's a very broad definition here. And and we're going to go a little bit further this week in um, in that. So let's read. We'll start in verse 18 again. We'll read down to... Uh, maybe verse 29 and and kind of get uh, into uh, what John has for us this morning. The Bible says, little children, it is the last time and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. even now there are many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you, because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also, also shall continue in the Son and in the Father, And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in Him. And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. If ye know that He is righteous, ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of Him. Can you can you go back and think of maybe a time you were deceived into doing something? Whether it was I spoke to a lady this week, is really kind of heartbreaking, um, at the office and she's just having a tough time. She's an elderly lady, almost 80, and she lives on a limited income but she had one of these security companies come to her front door uh, this summer and, and talked her into a home security system that she's paying on. And she's like, I just can't afford this. You know, it seemed like a reasonable deal. The guy was kind of pushy. So I signed up for it. It's a five-year contract. I actually had her bring me a copy of the contract because I was curious if there was anything in there that we could help her get out of it. And she, uh, oh, they'll let you out of it, but you got to pay to get out of it. The bus and she's she's got no cash, so she's stuck she's literally stuck in this fight she's all she's at seventy nine and she's stuck in a contract that she's going to be paying and can't afford until she's eighty four It's just tragic and then she went to a car lot recently and they sold her a brand new car you're seventy nine years old and you're driving a twenty twenty two something paying you know new you know a huge loan on like a eight year loan I mean it's just people take advantage of people, do they not and and they deceive she's got a good heart she she's not stupid she just some people just want to make they want to say yes, they don't like saying no you know and you know we've all been deceived by something at one time or another. Uh, One of the things I did for a while at the PD was I went to a school and did what we called drug recognition, which was kind of neat. It was a hard school. It lasted like six months. But what this school did was it taught us if we were to pull over somebody for DUI, but they didn't have alcohol smell on them, and then you take them in and they blow zero, but they were driving all over the road and they're acting like they're intoxicated but it's not alcohol what do you do well they trained us to go in and do a series of tests on them that took about 45 minutes and after the end of that test I'd come out and I'd say well they are intoxicated and they're under the influence of this drug and it was, it was kind of neat a little bit of hocus-pocus behind-the-scenes kind of stuff we'd look at blood pressure pulse pupils you name it it was pretty cool and I did that, and then the next year I went back and actually became an instructor in it to teach other officers how to do that. Well, there was a friend of mine in that, in that instructor school from another police department, and students sometimes, if you've ever done any teaching, Ken could probably vouch for this uh, some, they like to challenge you a little bit. You know, okay. You say you're instructing, so well, a couple of the students went up to a friend of mine. I think he was from McAllister, and they said, "Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, what category? Because we broke all drugs into seven different categories, and they he, they asked him what drug category is dilithium in." Well, Mark's laughing because what's dilithium?
1: It's Star Trek.
0: It powers the Warp drive. It powers <laughs> Star Trek Enterprise, yeah. And this guy, because he didn't want to admit that he didn't know, he said, Well, you know, dilithium, that's going to be a central nervous system depressant. But Woodbury fell off a like Starship. And the students from that point on didn't believe anything this guy said, <laughs> they didn't believe anything he said. They called him the Fabricator. (laughs) (laughs) And so they went to ask him, and then when he said, they were all, "Eh," and they came up to me. I didn't know this. And when they asked me that, I'm like, I've never heard of dilithium. But I'll tell you what, we're on a break. Let me look it up when we get back from break, and I'll answer you. And they were like, right answer. So they challenge you, don't they, Ken, sometimes? See, you got to be careful. Got to be careful, you know, there's there's people out there that will just make stuff up, literally. I mean, you can read this book and do a little study, and you can figure with a little study what's trying to be said, what God's wanting us to learn from this. Or you can just read it and make something up that has nothing to do with... It's out of context, it's just and I, there's a lot of people that do that. Unfortunately, when we talk about spiritual deception, that's on a whole nother plane of bad, right? Compared to, you know, I bought that 999 sham wow on TV and I thought it was going to do one thing and I got it home and it didn't do it at all, right? You know, that we learn, we live and learn from that stuff. But spiritual deception, you can send somebody to hell for eternity for deceiving somebody when it comes to spirituality. So today, John is kind of continuing that thought as he challenges us. Remember, we've talked about several different challenges. Do we have the challenge challenge of Obedience. Do so we have the challenge of loving our brethren? Now he's kind of challenges us for uh, having perseverance in our faith through the fact that you're going to run into false teachers. They are going to cross your paths. They were present at this church two thousand years ago. False teachers were, and they're present in our churches today. They're present in our churches today. They're, I mean, and you, gotta, you you got to know how to deal with that. So, verse 19, John told us, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. That's pretty simple language, I think. We understand what John's telling us. There were members of that church who, when they started getting all doctrinally weird on them, teaching Gnosticism or, or other forms of false doctrine, all of a sudden these people split from the church. And you got some folks evidently within the church going, wait a second, they were... They were here. They were fellowshiping with us. They, they it was. They were praying with us. They were praying for me. I was praying for them. That where did this happen? What happened here? Because one of the go back to earlier in chapter two. We're to love our brethren. They loved these people. They came in. They joined the church, evidently. Which even then you joined the church. You were you had a profession of faith you were baptized through immersion you were baptized and you became a member of the church these folks went through all of that and then they're gone for various reasons so here's the question are they just backsliders i mean that happens does it not you have some people that i mean think about our church You have some folks that attend from time to time and they were saved and they were baptized and they fellowshipped with us for a time and then a season passes and you don't see them. Are they not saved? No, I mean I don't know. That's between them and God, right? Is it possible that they are saved? Yes. That they're just away from God's church? I guess it's possible. You know, it sure brings up questions, does it not? If because if you're truly saved, don't you want to be a part of a of of uh, Christ's church? Yeah. With the pandemic, it was so easy. So yeah, you know, I'm not going to stand up here and say every every person that shows up here for a season gets saved, baptized, joins our churches, fellowships amongst us. And then leaves. Well, they weren't really saved. I think that's a that's too broad of a statement, don't you think? It's not for us to say. Anyway. It's not for us to say anyway. But it does raise questions for us because we're like, well, have, did we do something wrong? Did we not love them enough? I mean, because we don't want people to leave us. It hurts a little bit sometimes. Um. What's the other alternative? Are they apostates? Are they? Did they just go through the motions and they're not saved? John is kind of saying that to some extent. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. John is kind of insinuating that to some extent, saying the screws on my podium, saying that well, if they they were up, if they were truly of us, they wouldn't have left. I mean, I think that's entirely reasonable and possible too. I can think of some that that's probably the case with. But then again, I think you know we got to be careful here not to judge and think well, were they saved or were they not saved? You love them and you try to reconcile them and bring them back into the church so that whatever's going on can be reconciled and get them back to Christ. But there are some within a church that, you know, we don't want it to affect your faith. So you got to kind of have a reconciliation in your mind on this topic a little bit. So, when this does happen, when we have a group or an individual that is a part of the church and they all of a sudden you quit seeing them, what's changed in your faith because of that ha- happening? Doubt. A- anything
1: changed?
0: It very well could, couldn't it? Yeah. Might have some doubt show up.
1: Then you start doubting yourself, maybe.
0: Maybe it can, depending on the relationship you have with these folks, can uh, rock your uh, faith a little bit. I think that's what John is kind of telling the people of this church is persevere, persevere through. I found this quote, though. I wanted to get your response on this quote. This is from a a theologian um, from the first century. by the name of Bede. I don't know if anybody ever uh, read anything on Bede. I I don't know his doctrine, deep doctrine, but I found the quote and it it was thought-provoking, so I wanted to read it to you. John says that the Antichrists have gone out from us, but then adds the comforting words that they were never really with us beforehand. In fact, he is saying that no one except an antichrist, would even leave us, for those who are not against Christ will cling to his body. I mean, that makes sense, I think. In the body of Christ, there are those who are still being healed and who will not be fully well again until the resurrection of the dead. But there are also others who are malignant tumors and when they are removed, the body is spared. Thus, it is that the departure of such people is of great benefit to the church. Thoughts. That's a pretty thought-provoking pointed. And I'm getting uh, that feeling. I read some of other, uh, other quotes from Bede, and he's kind of one of those guys just says it like it is, I guess. But um, what's your thoughts on that?
1: One thing in in John somewhere about I think it's in John where the per, where the person uh, thought they they went got away from God and they came back and then they left and never come back. You yeah. Know? And um, there's a verse in there where uh, where it talks about if they were not, none of his, mm-hmm. none of his. Yep. You know, that's. I'm sure that's talking about a lost person there.
0: Yeah, okay. No, that's good. That's good.
1: That's just somewhere in Georgia. Yep, yep.
2: It's like as if some of these people weren't removed, they might take the rest of us with them.
0: That's good. Um, you know, when, when false doctrine, when they start promoting false doctrine, uh, I hate to say it, but it's good that they left. Yeah. Uh, I read one uh, writer uh, this week who said, "You know, church splits are sometimes it's 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 it, it hurts to hear about those, but on the other hand, it's good because the ones that left took their false doctrine with them. So a church split means that there's still a group that is holding firm, right? It
1: could be the group. I'm sorry. It could also be the one that left." Yeah.
0: That's what yeah. It as, like, exactly. It but they're holding firm in their beliefs yeah. by saying we're not going to uh, be a part of false doctrine.
1: Who sent them? The dark one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, all lies comes from Satan, right? There you go. All lies. The, all lies are of Satan to, to right. tear down the church through go. the body of Christ. Yes. So I think you know, as a human relationship thing, we see that, and it's tar- it's hard sometimes. I can think of some specific folks that have left Central Baptist Church in our time here, and it hurts. But it needed to happen to to preserve this body, to preserve uh, the doctrinal stances that we're strong with. As a way, and I kind of like his analogy of the tumor because you know, if you have something like that within a body, guess what? It's gonna grow, it's gonna spread, it's gonna, and and, because people don't tend to keep that kind of stuff to themselves, do they? They start all of a sudden trying to get a crowd with them. Mm -hmm. One
2: bad apple, Richard and I have been never. 22 years here, and we've seen people come and I hate to say it this, but sell their product, yeah, and make friends and all this. And we all think they're wonderful. And then after they've made their contacts and aren't making contacts anymore, they move on to another, probably another church. That's
1: just not that's just a church, it's every
0: church. well, no, absolutely, yeah. you know. And John's confronting a church from the first century on these mm-hmm. topics. But um, I think you know we've seen it. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: We've seen it, even at Central, and
2: you the, know the bad thing is they draw you in. You think, oh, they're such wonderful people, and then after about six to eight months, then
0: yeah, because you know if they're if no here. they're a part of the body now, yeah. we confide in them about our you know pray for us because of this, and they. You know, and it just hurts when they're I no know. longer apart. Now that doesn't mean at any point there can't be a reconciliation and them come back and become a genuine believer and, and a part of the him. body, right? Huh? Mm-hmm. And I
2: would probably accept them back in
0: the hundred percent we would, right wouldn't we? 'Cause that's our that's our that's our job.
2: Yeah. Fifth columnist.
0: What's that?
1: They're infiltrators.
0: Yeah. It's just, it gets you kind of thinking, and I thought this, that quote from Bede, while, when I first read it, honestly, I was like, whoo, oh, I don't know about that, let's leave that out of the l- lesson, because there's some quotes that I just move on to from, but that one really got me thinking, and while very to the point, and I don't know that he's not far off in what he was trying to say. But you know, there are, like I said, there are those that uh, will be a part of us, and they will leave. But in the end, um, what was God's goal—that all men be saved, right? Amen. Not just ones that come and stay. But there are some that will come and go. Either that person. And I've heard pastor talk about it. He says generally when that happens. There's some sin in their life. So they need to fix that. So that they can get back. In the graces of the church. And, and And be. And have a part of. What Christ built. Or they're not saved. And they still need to get right. And get back. Either way. It was Christ's goal that all men be saved. It's we don't believe in a and I think this is where some folks who might believe in election say, well, that's just proof they weren't of the elect. Mm -hmm. And then they wash their hands of it. I think do you agree, Mark, on that? Mm -hmm. You know, where, you know, we don't believe that. We don't believe in election. We believe that again, all all means all. So it continues to be our mission field and our and our, our chore to get those people right with God and get them back. Get them back. Don't doing, no, you can't, can you? No, your soul. You know, yet you don't want to lasso them and drag them in here kicking and screaming either. Oh, you got to work with them. Friendly and you that's enjoy. it. Hey, can hey, let's go get a coffee yeah. once in a while. Or, you know, you you start just. I'm
2: still friends.
0: That's it. Because you, know, you, you still love them, right? You still love them. Yeah. Yeah. John goes on in verse 20, but ye have an unction from the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, the Holy One, and ye know all things he's given. He's saying, "You know what? There's going to be people come and go. There's going to be false teachers teaching false ideas. But you that are a part of the church, you that are True believers of Christ receive the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which gives you a spiritual understanding of things. Mm -hmm. So when somebody is teaching to you and you hear something that doesn't sound right, that's the Holy Spirit in you going, That's not right. Check on that. Tilt. Tilt. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and. I hope, and I've said this before, and I know Pastor has said it, I hope you take what we teach or that's preached and you follow up with that throughout the week and do a study on it or look at it and confirm for yourself the truth in it. There's so much more you can get out of a topic than just having it spoken at you. You know, study on that. Read your passages. I think, you know, sometimes we read our Bible, and then that's fine. Start in Genesis, go through Revelation, that's fine. But maybe have your reading coincide with some of the lessons or preaching that's going on and study some of these points, and then convince for yourself, yeah, you know, Pastor said that. That's exactly what it says. That makes perfect sense. Or he made this point. Drawing this conclusion around these verses, and I've read it, and I've done some studying, and yeah, that's exactly what the point is. And man, your faith will grow because ne- then next time Pastor says something, you're like, I know that. I, "Yeah, I checked him 20 times, and he was right. He must be right this time too, even though that one stung a little bit, right?" So I hope you're you're you're. You're digging in and learning. And, you know, there's um, there are those who teach, no, you don't have that spiritual discernment. So we're going to tell you what you need to know. Matter of fact, you know, I think it's, I know it was true at one time. Uh, I don't know if it's still true to, to a great extent. But Roman Catholics would say, no, don't, you're not to read your Bible. We'll tell you what you need to know. And that's the way they kept everything contained. And these false doctrines that grew in Catholicism, that's how they grew to the extent they did, is because they didn't want people reading Scripture.
2: Richard and I went to a church in Brownsville and we read their doctrine, and the doctrine followed along with this church, except when we went and listened to the preacher. <laughs> and then I said. <laughs> I don't think this is the right place for us to be because it didn't
0: match. That's it. And
1: I said, you know, I said, we can't go here. They just didn't follow
0: scripture. No, and I've been to those places as well. And you just, you know, pretty quick, don't you? Or I've gone to a podcast, you know, because I'm looking for different things. I know Mark has posted some different podcasts, different lessons for us recently. And I like because somebody else has kind of vetted that. And so I'm like, okay, this this must be good. But I've also looked at different ones. You know, sermon.com, man. You can get on there and there's all kinds of stuff. And you'll start. I'm like, well, let's see what this guy has to say. And what? Turn that off, you know. And I'll caution you on that regard. If you notice something's false, don't keep listening to it just because you're curious. That's what he's saying, right? Because a seed will get laid. And then uh, that's just Satan putting something in your head that isn't right. So get that, you know, Ken sending us those pictures of those two authors. He, he was trying to get Mark and I to buy some books <laughs> written by heretics and Mark, Mark and I weren't having it. But I don't I don't get books like that. I don't I have considered time again to read a book kind of on a different position to just see how the in an apologetics kind of way, and I'm hesitant. I've been hesitant to do it. Um, I know people that have and can, but you know, I think you got to be very discerning when you do that. And if you go down that road, definitely do it in a prayerful, prayerful way. So, a couple of thoughts I had, and then we'll we'll finish up. Is I think John's telling us through through this is you know you're going to have people come and go. You're going to have false teachers come before you. Be discerning and have perseverance in your faith. So the first thing I noted here was keep learning. Keep You keep learning because the only way you're going to have that discernment through the Holy Spirit, having that spiritual discernment, is if you're learning. Mm-hmm. If you're just... Yeah?
2: Growing up, I, went, I lived with a lot of different families and went to a lot of different churches. So when I first came to, to Central, it it was hard because I had already, been Luther, I'd been Lutheran, I'd been Presbyterian, I'd been just about everyone that, you know. Yeah. And so when I came here, I had never heard the plan of salvation. And when I finally, you know, and it was hard for me to to accept it because I had all this other stuff in my thoughts and mm-hmm. I really doubted for a long time
0: yeah you got to be careful and you know through the grace of god that you were able to end up here and, and get the get a good firm uh grasp on what that plan of salvation is think of all the ones out there that are going down dark roads but they think they're spiritual that to me that's the dangerous ones it's the ones that reject everything okay i can kind of we can work on bringing them in the fold but sometimes those who think they know the truth and it's as false as false can be, and they think they're spiritual and they think they're going to heaven, so why do they need to the other part? Those are the ones that are hard to reach, I think. Well, I completely dropped out of churches because... Yep. I
2: did the same thing. We were Presbyterian and everything. Yet my mother went to a little Methodist church and they preached the Bible. 100%. My dad got saved at age 16 because of the preaching
0: there. None of this has to do with the name on the building, um, necessarily. Although I think the name on the building is a good start. But, you know, that's not the whole picture. But keep learning, never stop learning and growing. Take advantage of the opportunities at this church, you know, and I'll bring up FBI as an example. Wow. I mean, you just keep taking that uh, each semester. It's very reasonably priced, and you can do it from home now. And just watch these classes, and it will expand your your faith and the knowledge that you have and your confidence to be able to say, I'm in the right place. My doctrine is solid. Because, I mean, he just really puts it all together for you. Uh, and the other thing I wrote down was verify what you learn. As I said before, verify it. I hope you're doing that. And I, you know, and I'll mention if you ever hear me, you know, it's the the person that pastor said this, I believe in this. The person that talks the most generally can be the one who makes the most mistakes. <laughs> so if I ever say something that's kind of off, I hope you email me or something and say, hey, you know, you said this, but I studied and this is what I learned. Whoa! And I'll study, and we'll we'll talk about it, and we'll, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'll, I'll come to class and correct it, because I don't want anybody to leave here believing something that's not accurate. So uh, do that. And then, lastly, I wrote, Good. "Stay strong and firm in your faith, no matter what, who's coming and going." You know, the the the. Uh, sometimes we can have uh, very some preachers that we may trust and look at and listen to a lot fall and but don't let that rock your faith you know cuz that can that can that has taken people away from god unfortunately is to see these people that they just so much admire and that they've listened to and they they've grown to love to fall Well, these men are human as well, and they have a fallen sin spirit as well. And they're, you know, so just don't let it rock your faith. And so you go back, if it's not going to rock your faith, then go back to one and two. Keep learning, verifying, and keep, just keep that foundation. John goes on to say, um, I have not written because you don't know the truth, but because you know it. And he says, "You've known it from the beginning. You know the truth. You 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 know it in your heart. Just just rely on that. Have that perseverance." And like I said, unfortunately, some will come, some will go. It's going to happen. It's well, it has happened, has it not? We all can think of something, you know, in our heads, and you just keep serving. Keep showing up, and keep serving. And God will help us work out all these. And I'll say this, keep sharing. Keep showing up, keep serving, and keep sharing. And then that's what God asks us to do. Right? And
2: ask questions. That was my downfall. I think, yes. Because I was so confused. I didn't want to ask questions because I felt like it made me look stupid. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I know a pastor loves it when you, when you ask him a question. He loves it, you know, because uh, those that study and they're, they're in the Word a lot, they love it. You know, okay, let's dig in a little bit. Let's figure this out. He loves that stuff. Or find stuff. If you don't want to ask pastor, find another person in the church. We have a uh, very strong um, group of men that you could ask those type of questions to. You, you very... You know, without having to ask pastor even, because if he got three hundred questions a week, he wouldn't be able to get you know, you know. So, no, I think it's good. You know, it just helps us because we're going to run into that. If if you haven't experienced something like that in your life, I'm sure you probably most of us have already. I've mentioned the Baptist church I went to in Colorado that was Willie Nelson's drummer. And how he stole the money from the church and all this kind of thing. I mean, you're gonna run into folks like this, but it didn't make me want to stop being Baptist.
1: But is in the Baptist church they've done
0: that? Yeah. Uh, Oh, I mean, it happens. It happens. Satan gets in anybody's head, you know. So there's
1: some Baptist churches that uh, they just they play the drums and stuff, you know.
0: lots of them them anymore and you know we talked about that several weeks ago about having that reverence for God yep so good I think good stuff that you know is basic John even says this isn't nothing you haven't heard before but this is something you need to hear again and again and again and again again." so Ken you want to release us in prayer and then we'll go down for services